Welcome to The Sword and the Trowel, the podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jared Longshore. I'm Tom Askell. Thanks so much for listening to The Sword and the Trowel today. Happy to have you with us here and hope that you are greatly encouraged by this podcast. A big thank you to those who are a part of the FAM that is our Founders Alliance membership. We're very grateful for those of you who support us and uh, we see that there are people joining the FAM regularly and we rejoice that you are with us to build and to fight. And uh, thank you for your prayers as we try to press on doing good. If you're not a part of the fam, you can go to founders.org and you can find out what it means to be a part of the fam. Yeah, we also want to let you know about the Institute of Public Theology, and we're excited about that. We're looking forward in April. We've got a goal of opening registration for classes that are already scheduled. Tom Nettles will be teaching a class uh, in the fall. I'll be teaching a class in the fall. You're teaching one in the spring. Vody Balkum, who you know has had a real serious health crisis over the last month or so, uh, is doing better. And I was able to see him last week. I was up in Jacksonville. It was just such a, a sweet time, and it's so good to lay eyes on him, you know, and just have some time with him. And God's doing incredible things. I mean, multiple things that nobody could have envisioned through this crisis. And uh, Vody's going to, he's going to tell the story. I, I've, I've encouraged him, brother, you need to write this out. So he's going to do that in time. But he's on schedule still to teach in the, uh, in January of 2022. He'll do that around our January 2022 conference that'll be here in Southwest Florida again. But the Institute of Public Theology has, uh, we've got a great opportunity for those that would like to support us in this effort. You can go to the Founders website or instituteofpublictheology.com and learn more about this. But we have an opportunity now where there's a matching gift that's been made available to us. So for every dollar that you give through the spring, it will be matched by a, a very generous donor. Let me encourage you to do that. Man, it's, it's taking a lot to get this thing built and off the ground, but so much encouragement. And we have people around the world contacting us about wanting to study under the men who are lined up to be teaching the courses that, that we've tried to put together that we think will be helpful for living well in this world as a Christian, given all that's going on. So if uh, you have the uh, means God's given you and you're willing to invest in the future by helping us to get this institute built that we can help provide some training for Christians, especially pastors and church leaders, then we would welcome and uh, greatly appreciate any kind of support that you could give to us. Yeah, the Institute of Public Theology uh, reminds us that Jesus Christ indeed is king over all. Uh, the subtitle uh, or motto yeah. of the Institute is Christ above all earthly powers. And uh, that means that all of life is to be lived um, by Christ, through Christ, for Christ. Mm -hmm. And that includes uh, things like vaccinations, which we want to get into today. <laughs> uh, the vaccination is under the Lordship of Christ, and God is the one who made the world, created everything in it. And uh, we want to try to think biblically, theologically, about uh, vaccinations in general a little mm -hmm. bit, and then also the COVID vaccination. And boy, what a what a messy thing to get into. So Are you like, a never vaxxer? It's a, it's, a, it's a thorny kind of situation. <laughs> you know, I think it is helpful to say up front, it, when it comes to vaccinations, and I'm pretty sure that Tom and I are in the same um, general spectrum here, that, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. So to all my anti-vaccine folks out there, you know, I'm sure they're probably going to blister me because there's a lot of passion uh, if you are in the anti-vax. I'm sympathetic to those who are anti-vax. I don't think you're like um, crazy rednecks. Like maybe some might you, be, you tell them, they're probably crazy rednecks, but you know, I'm a little crazy redneck too. So you understand that's my cousin. That's my cousin that you're talking about. Um, 
So I'm not there, and, but neither am I kind of like this vax unhinged kind of person, right? Mm-hmm. Did, so, you, did you have your kids vaccinated? Yes, yeah, so I had my kids vaccinated. And so we tried to be real strategic about that. Right. And even that, you know, have them vaccinated. Like you got to start working through them the best right. you can, right? I'm no scientist or the son of a scientist. Um, but even that, COVID has been actually quite challenging. We've heard from multiple people. So like I'm behind on one, we're looking at one, and I'm trying to still work out a lot of the ethical yeah. questions I have. And it's just, it's a naughty issue. Um, so at any rate, uh, by the way, just a side note, anytime you're setting up an issue with well, the thing you want to do is be right smack dab in the middle, right? So I'm not over <laughs> here and I'm not right here. That's called a spectrum. That's yeah. a wonderful way to set up. Watch when people do that. Cause they, sometimes they'll say, you know, maybe some of you think this and some of you think that and I'll be right here in the middle. And sometimes you can set it up in a false way, but that is an honest assessment of where I'm at when it comes to vaccinations in general. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I think it's a really difficult issue and you've got to, you got to step back and even deal with creation and fall and, you know, role of medicine. But in the main, you know, we are not living in a pre-fall world. Uh, if we were, then we wouldn't have to worry about the kind of sicknesses that are, that plague us and that kill us. We're living in a post-fall world. Um, yeah. it, but with that, I mean, we need to think about it uh, creationally and that's important. And God's mm-hmm. told us to exercise dominion over the earth. And so vaccines can be seen as a part of that dominion work, just like other medical advances and technological advances we can praise God for. But every advance has a downside because we are in a post fallen uh, Genesis three world. We're in a fallen world. And one of the challenges that uh, I think we need to face, and I would love to try to help people do, we do this in our church do this in our families, is to think biblically about all of this. And as you've heard us say time and again on this podcast, that fundamentally, above, beyond, beneath, everything else, we need to teach people, Christians, to think about law and gospel. We need to teach folks to realize that God has revealed himself to us and revealed how we're to live in his world by his law, his commandments, and by his gospel. The law exposes our sin, shows us our need of sin, shows us what we should be, how we should live, what God requires of us, and the fact that we do not provide what he requires. We cannot provide it. The gospel provides what is required that we can't require of ourselves. And so God has done for us in Jesus everything necessary to make us right with himself. The law shows us our sin, shows us what is righteousness, and the gospel provides the remedy for sin, the the atonement for sin, and the righteousness that is fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ for those who trust in him. So if you get that straight, that's wonderful. Then you go and say, okay, as a Christian, how am I to live? Well, you live according to God's commandments. If Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so what does that mean? Well, it means whatever God has prescribed, you're obligated to do. Whatever God is forbidden, you are forbidden to do. What God is neither prescribed nor forbidden falls into that category where Christian liberty needs to be exercised, must be exercised, with wisdom and with understanding about how we are to live in our freedom. We're not to use our freedom as a cloak to cover up for sin. We're not to use our freedom selfishly. We're to use our freedom for the glory of God, for the welfare of others, for our own soul's benefit, for the advance of the kingdom in the world. And that's the, that's the arena we're talking about right now. So from the outset, just laying out the parameters, uh, we cannot say if you uh, get vaccinated, that you are pursuing righteousness or you are engaged in sin. This is an area of Christian discretion and wisdom. And uh-huh. we want to think about that together uh-huh. and encourage others to do the same. Yeah. And the very, the very, uh, in another, 
precursor to the conversation is this area of Christian liberty and how it operates. And at least the way I consider it, if you have a clear biblical text, this is a command, it's going to be a matter of sin and righteousness. If you use something like love your neighbor, well, that's a clear command. But when you talk about it getting on the ground, when it talks about an application of what of what it would look like to love your neighbor, yeah. you're having to use the human reason which God has given you to reason from Scripture and to reason from nature, to reason from Scripture about what he's told us that love is and then to reason from a particular situation um, and to accurately understand the situation and then try your best to apply it and some of those are going to be much clearer right. than others some of them require more logical steps and at some point it gets to so many steps that you know our finitude and humility would require us to say I don't know mm-hmm. I, I don't know and you can have a higher level of confidence than your brother he, maybe you have been given more knowledge than him on a particular issue but even these issues are interrelated. So you're not always just dealing with kind of a fragmented, I understand this, uh, you know, especially in this realm, I'm a scientist, I understand this. And okay, well, you might not be an ethicist, right? right. And the ethicist might not be a scientist and neither of them might be deep theologians. And so you, you can have, um, it gets complicated. Does, and at some yeah. point you, you have to have the Christian humility to say, I'm going to leave this as a matter of wisdom. I'm going to leave this as a matter of it, it's too, it's beyond my, my uh, finite right. understanding. And this applies, this, this approach applies to so many things in life. I mean, we're going to talk about vaccinations, but it applies to things like benevolence. I mean, this is something our deacons have had to work through, our elders work through. Uh, somebody shows up and, you know, they say, man, you know, I'm a hundred dollars short on my rent and I need a hundred dollars or else I'm going to be put out on the street. And, you know, please, will you help me, will you help me with that? Well, what's the most loving thing to do? Well, it might be just to provide the hundred dollars so that the rent's paid and he's got another month to get things right. But it might be the most loving thing to do to not give him the hundred dollars because it, it may be that he's in such a pattern and he's been resistant to the kind of counsel that needs to be provided to overcome this pattern of living that if you do, if you give him the hundred dollars, you're just becoming uh, part of the problem of continuing on his way of living that is contrary to the principles of being able to make it on his own. So it might look cruel and unloving Mm -hmm. while in fact it is being loving. And you might have two people that look at that same situation differently and say, well, I think out of love, I need to supply the money. And somebody else says, I think out of love, I need to withhold the money, even though I could do it. What's going on there? It's exactly what you just laid out. It's thinking principally about these issues and then recognizing we're not talking about righteousness and sin. We're talking about wisdom, understanding that, yes, we're obligated to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Right. And so when it comes to vaccinations, vaccinations in general, before you get to COVID and before you get to even what people are saying about it or governmental implications of it, if you go back all the way to... Um, what a vaccination is, right? There are sicknesses that that exist. There are realities in the world, and we can be infected as people, and they can kill us, and they can make us suffer. And uh, the vaccination idea is here. I'm going to give you something that's going to protect you from a potential sickness that would come upon you. One of the paradigms I try to think through. It's not the only one, but it's a, I think it's a helpful one. Is the there is an active passive difference, and this kind of comes in ethics, even at the end of life kind of thing. There is a yeah, there's a way to, if you take someone off something that's keeping them alive, right? Um, you remove something that, that is kind of a man-made thing that's keeping them alive, and then they die as a result of you. Remo- that's a passive deal. You're, that's different than injecting them with something that's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. But there's an active kind of movement. There's a passive movement. I think that can play when you think about vaccinations, right? A vaccination is a very active kind of thing. It, it's a preventative kind of thing. You are not yet sick, 
right? It's not like you've been, you've contracted something. And then the question is, do you take this medicine that can help you? Do you have this surgery that can cut it out of you? Um, that is, a, that's one category of vaccination is a preventative action. So I'm taking an action, um, which is, which is good. It's not like, well, just because it's an action, it's bad, but it is categorically different, right? You're, you're, you're trying to read how God has worked the world, do good science. Mm. And then you're saying, I think this is going to protect me from the potential that's coming upon me. And you should think of it. That's just one fundamental idea that's in my mind. I, I always go back to Jonathan Edwards. Right? Jonathan Edwards was, did this and yeah. it killed him. Right. And so that doesn't mean that Jonathan Edwards was foolish. He wasn't. Right. It's like, you know, he was, he was interested in it. He was trying it and he did yeah. it. <laughs> and, and yet Jonathan Edwards says, example has been held up in the last several months by many Christian leaders as, well, he did it. He was vaccinated. He was being loving. And therefore, if we're going to be loving like Jonathan Edwards was loving, he's shown us the way you should be vaccinated. And so there's this big push now that is coming upon Christians to tell us that if we really love our neighbors as we ought, then we need to be vaccinated. And, and there's just it's the problem. As soon as you say it, right, there's just multiple, multiple steps. Like you, when you say this is love and you've got to do this, you've got so many steps. You've got so many steps. Um, you know, and I, there's just so many ways to slice this. Anytime you come up, let's talk about this briefly. Anytime you come up with the, with the vaccination question, there's going to be about ethically sourced, right? So there's mm -hmm. going to be about the cell lines. And again, I don't know all the details to this, but the little bit I understand is that there is a, in, in some of the strands that are used, some of the cell lines that are used, the very first cell uh, was used from an aborted fetus. Probably. That's Pro what, yeah, probably in probably. the case of COVID, but then there's <laughs> others I think that are, that are confirmed or whatever, but you have this cell and then, you know, you have, you have cell division. You, you found a way to take the cell out of a human and to put it into a Petri dish. And then it, um, it does some kind of division, right? And then you can subculture it and then you can create these cell lines, which as soon as you go there, my point in saying this is you're talking about some mysterious, amazing stuff about the way God has made the world. But even when you call a cell line a descendant, this is a descendant, you know, uh, I, what is that? I don't fully know what that is. Um, so I'm not ready to say, you know, this is absolutely 100% ethical. This is absolutely 100% unethical. I think it is very likely uh, ethical to, to use, even if it comes down. That's my position. Mm -hmm. And if people are uncomfortable with me being in a spot, like that's the world we live in. Like, I'm like, I, I, I think this is okay. Yeah. Um, and we need to trust God. We can trust God and use means. But, but the point is when something is so complicated like that to say, this is love, you need yeah. to love and do this. What, what's operating in your mind to think something so complex, you can immediately say, this is love. Yeah. And yet that's exactly what David French does in a recent article that he wrote about the spiritual problem at the heart of Christian vaccine refusal. You know, David French did a, a talk on intersectionality a couple of years ago within the last couple of years at Southern Seminary. And what he does in this article is he applies intersectionality to the vaccination question. And he says that white evangelical Christians are the problem because more white evangelical Christians than any other 
intersectional group that he identifies are resistant to the idea of automatically taking this vaccination. So he, he writes this in this article, uh, given the statistics where he breaks it down and shows that the white evangelicals are the real culprits here. Given these statistics, the stark statistics, if there's one thing that readers should take away from this newsletter, it's that evangelical vaccine hesitancy is both an information problem and a spiritual problem. And so he says, man, you know, yeah, we need to get better information because they've been, uh, you know, the white evangelicals have been duped by a lot of uh, false information. So we need to get the facts out there. And what he calls facts are basically opinions of experts. And then he says, but the heart of this is the, uh, the sadness that these evangelicals are not willing to love their neighbors enough to get the vaccination. And the whole principle that he's operating off of is this is what love looks like and what a shame that these evangelicals especially white evangelicals don't love people anymore than to uh, say we're going to hesitate taking the vaccination I mean there's so much baked into this that is wrong-headed it's hard to know where to start but the the fundamental point is again I I just want to commend this book Law and Gospel by Ernie Reisinger if you're not straight on law and gospel, then you're going to be set up to be played by guys like David French, who brings intersection, intersectional thinking to this whole vaccination issue and begins to categorize in the same way, though he doesn't say it, and I'm sure he would not want to uh, be categorized like this, but it's basically here are the oppressors and they're oppressing other people. They're not loving people. They're going to keep this COVID, uh, COVID uh, virus spreading because they're hesitant to take the vaccination. Yeah, when you see people, there's a lot of this love, love your neighbor, love your neighbor with all of the assumptions baked in. There, then there's all of these steps. And when, when you see someone doing that, so this is love, you need to love your neighbor. I encourage people to step back from that and see it as legalism. Mm-hmm. If you, you have to at least be able to answer the questions that exist. And if you're unwilling to answer the questions that exist, and if you're just going to assume somebody's a bigot because they have the questions that they have, um, then you're not actually doing good. You're not doing good research. You're not doing um, good ethics because these are real questions that you, sure. have to, you know, how big is the threat and you know, um, it, how does that compare historically to other threats that have come? Yeah. And what is the role of preventative medicine and uh, preventative measures? And because when you make these kind of decisions that are being recommended in Christian love, uh, the idea is undergirding them about, you know, how significant a threat must be and what Christian love would be in preventative measures for threats that are upon a community those can be reapplied down the road right. on different issues. Absolutely. And it seems just reasonable and you know, understandable Christian thing to do to say, um, okay, let's actually get to, again, what does God's word require? What's going on in this particular situation? And being open to say, you know, this is something that I might try. Um, and, you know, maybe you should try it. I think you should try it. But just to say this is love and to not <laughs> deal with the actual details, well, um, that's a dangerous road to go down. Absolutely. And, you know, we have friends, church members. I have family members who are uh, taking the vaccination and some have completed it, you know. And, man, I'm not condemning that. I bring praise God. Some of them are in categories of, of uh uh, danger in terms of this virus that it's, it's probably the wise thing for them to do. But 
to take that, their application of wisdom to their own lives in submitting to the vaccination and then make that the standard for everybody else is it that's a massive leap because there are other considerations the biological uh, creational thing that you just outlined is one but there's the legal uh, thing as well so we, we've got this vaccination that was brought about at warp speed you know i think that was the name given to it by uh, the former president and it has come to market faster than any vaccination we've ever had. And in the history of vaccinations, there have been difficulties. I mean, praise God, there's been wonderful things. Polio is wiped out, basically, you know, and uh, smallpox and all kinds of, of bad things have been dealt with by vaccinations. And, and that's God's kindness to us in the exercise of dominion over creation. So praise the Lord for that. And this may well be the same thing. But it is fascinating to read that the, uh, the Congress passed this act called Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act back in December of 2020 that basically gives uh, carte blanche no liability to the companies that are developing this uh, COVID vaccine. So Pfizer and Moderna that have brought it to market faster than anybody else, they cannot be sued for four years, for, until 2024, if you have an adverse reaction, you cannot sue those companies. You cannot sue the FDA. Uh, there's, there's no appeal that you can make because they have been given this blanket coverage under this emergency act. Well, okay, you know, I mean, maybe that's completely legitimate. We can discuss the ethics of that. But the fact that it is the case, if it causes somebody like me or some other Christian or some other person, you know what? I'm, I'm not so sure I want to submit myself to this vaccination yet in light of this. Let's wait and see, you know, what's discovered over time by those who have been vaccinated. I mean, can you call that person automatically unloving? Yeah, it's a, that is a wild idea. I'm so glad you brought up the, the you, know, you can't sue me thing, which uh, my, my initial take on this is if I'm producing a vaccine, right, that's, gonna, that's going to keep you from potentially getting sick and potentially effect, affecting, infecting other people. You know, if I can work some deal with the government, say this is an emergency, I've, I've crafted this thing up, I, I'm pretty sure it's legit, but, you know, we moved it a little bit faster. So there's a lot faster. There's potential, <laughs> there's potential downfalls on, on all of the stuff that we make. But, you know, this is a new, new product. This, this, is, this is the first version. And so you get some kind of government protection. Okay, you can't sue me. As long as that's a free exchange. If I come to you and say, Tom, here it is. I mean, if you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, don't take it. Yeah. Um, and here's the deal, you know. I'm, I'm confident enough that you can sue me after five years, you know, but you can't sue me for four years, right? <laughs> um, let the guy make his decision. Like, sure. I'm going to be like, you know, you, you don't sound terribly confident in it. I'll probably wait and see how it affects other people. <laughs> you know, those entrepreneurs that want to take it first. Uh, you've got to just, as a, as a Christian, as a person, take into account the deal that is being set up. Yeah. But absolutely, then for other people to say, well, this is love, take it. The, baked into the very fact that the government has done what they've done and that the producers of the, of the vaccine have done what they've done, they're signaling to you that there is mm -hmm. a risk involved here and a risk that they're not going to shoulder the burden on. Yeah, and if we don't factor all those things in, then you will be set up to be manipulated by the people who come to you and say, if you're going to love your neighbor as you love yourself, then you must do this. And man, I mean, we said it before here, but when people use words like must and ought, there ought to be at least a little Bible underneath it. 
You know, you ought to be able to to ask them, hey, can you help me think about this? Well, what what makes it this loving, more loving to do? Why is it more loving to give the hundred dollars to the guy who's short on his rent again? than not giving it to him. Help me think through what your uh, principles you're operating on. And whenever you press that question, what you're going to discover on this issue is that it's not, oh, this verse says so, and that's okay. But it's they're not going to be able to put together a string of verses that come conclusively to the argument that, yes, you must do this in order to be loving. Rather, if you're being true to scripture, you're going to fall into that category of, okay, this is a matter of liberty. Yeah. This is a Christian principle, even outside of the vaccination. We, we need to learn how to say, this is something that's clear in scripture. This is something that's kind of clear in scripture. This is something that's not as clear in scripture Mm -hmm. and learn to have your relationships based on those. Uh, There is no reason for a person that's going to take the COVID vaccine and a person who's not going to take the COVID vaccine to break fellowship. There's just no reason. Like we have people in our church that are going, Mm -hmm. that have taken it, will take it. We have people that haven't taken it. And what you need is the maturity to actually know uh, this is not a primary issue. And so I'm going to have this kind of um, relationship with this person and they go a different way. Absolutely. And the same thing when it comes to other issues, like other theological issues, right? We, we have this, um, you know, it's the constant dangers. You have the people that are far too narrow and they're like, I know this, I know this. And you know, okay. You don't have any friends. You don't have any relationships. And you got the people that are far too broad. Like, you know, I'm going to be, um, my, basically everybody's a Christian. You don't have to trust in Jesus Christ kind of thing. The wisdom of saying, you know, this is an issue. I disagree with this God. He takes mm-hmm. a different angle, but we don't, ha- I'm not going to go to him and be like, this is loving. This is loving. It's arrogance. Right. It really is arrogance. Yeah. You should look at those people and say, you know, Hey man, give me $500. It's loving. You know, <laughs> and, well, no, I don't think it's loving. Well, I think it's loving. And you, you think the vaccine's loving and you're showing them that I would have to prove to you why giving me $500 is loving. Like that is a burden. If I'm going to tell you that it's loving to do so. Yeah. And and so if you don't get these things straight, man, you are sowing seeds for disunity in the Christian world and in any church, if you're doing this within your church and you are prohibiting the foundation of real unity. You know, the fact that, you know, we have Christ together and we might not see things eye to eye on some of these other issues. And that's okay. That's not going to undermine what we have in Christ. But again, let me just read to you one of the closing statements by David French in his article that I think is exactly contrary to what we're arguing for. He says in this last paragraph, one of the truly immense tasks of spiritual formation isn't so much communicating the truth, but preparing a heart to receive the truth and respond accordingly. Well, a Amen. Truth, though, let's let we got to define what what constitutes truth. He goes on. That's why the core of the quest to persuade Christians to take the vaccine is personal and spiritual more than it is scientific and informational. If every Christian can read and understand the biblical reality that, quote, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends, close quote, then we can also understand the lesser love that sometimes we need to trust to take a small risk and to take a shot, not just for ourselves, but also for our friends, our family, and the country we love. Well, he's trying to bring together two things there that don't go together uh, because there's so many questions. There's not an automatic, oh, okay, we know enough. We have enough confidence to say taking this vaccine is an act of love. I mean, he's just, he's baking that into his conclusion. And as we've discussed, it may be, it may not be. 
there's enough questions around it that we ought to leave it to each man's conscience to determine whether or not, given his circumstances, his following of Christ, this would be a wise move for him and those whom he loves. Yeah, and try to genuinely educate um, people rather than manipulate them yeah. through false guilt. So that's why the the French piece was, you know, one of the most troubling things about it is it had to do more with like, how to woo people to your decision, which I, I think is a fine thing to sure. do, but also like let's cultivate the life of the mind a little bit here. Like let's help people with worldview issues and with the, with the science and with ethics to come to a position that is um, fitting with, with Christ Amen. and with what he's revealed in the scriptures, which is going to be far more um, of a middle road on this issue than it is going to be just love your neighbor. One of those issues is the worldview issue. And um, when you're approaching, when you're living in 21st century America, a couple things have to be present. One, an immense gratitude for the advance in medicine that we uh, mm -hmm. benefit from. So if you ever read the Puritans and stuff, you hear about all the children dying. So they yeah. just die. They still had like 13 of them, but you know, they're just dying in infancy and sicknesses that have been eradicated. I mean, you really, I, I think most people are there. They mm -hmm. understand that we live in an age that is so protected from real sicknesses and a real fallenness in the world. At the same time, you have to be able to critique the world you live in which uh, Lewis was so helpful here on scientism. He talks about scientism. This is a little um, phrase from Lewis. He defines it. He says, it is, in a word, the belief that the supreme moral end is the perpetuation of our own species. And this is to be pursued even if, in the process of being fitted for survival, our species has to be stripped of all those things for which we value it, of pity, of happiness, and of freedom. So uh, he mentions, we love science, mm -hmm. but scientism, when you put an ism on the end of it, and it becomes, becomes your worldview, essentially it is this materialism. Yeah. I'm watching, I'm watching how everything operates and it's dangerous because those things are real. The right. virus is real. The vaccine's real. Cell lines are real. And you're identifying all of that and you're, you're focused on it to the degree, but the underlying uh, presupposition is the perpetuation of our species is what matters most. I must live. We must live. And you're losing pity, you're losing happiness, you're losing freedom, you're losing spiritual things, you lose truth, you actually lose love. And so the reason that's important to Marx is that's the day and age in which we live. We right. live in a radically pragmatic um, society uh, that has lost a sense of spiritual things, lost a sense of the God who is, and it, this has applications to our government and many other things. So what, I'm, what I encourage people coming to the vaccine question Consider that. Mm. Praise God for medicine. Also consider everybody's underlying presuppositions, which will right. at least give you some caution and you'll start to um, assess what's going on. Yeah. And so it's important to recognize the world in which we live. We live in a materialistic world. And so all most of the voices that are coming to us about these kinds of questions are coming to us from a worldview that is materialistic. We must remember there is a God in heaven. God has spoken. And man, one of the things that Christians need in our day and age desperately is to recover how to think from scripture to life how to go from the word of God to all of life. And we don't treat the Bible like an encyclopedia. That's not what I'm suggesting. So if you don't have a verse for it, you don't do it. It's not that. That's not the way God's revealed himself to us in scripture. But take what God has revealed, both law 
and gospel, and then reason from that to all of these issues where we need wisdom and apply the principles and act wisely. Be biblically prudent in these decisions and where you disagree with a Christian brother or others in those areas where wisdom is needed, just trust God that they're doing the best they can. You're doing the best you can. You agree on these essential things that the scripture teaches. You're not at an enmity about that, but having that life circumstances, uh, other realities, insights, wisdom, experiences, all of that can factor into the way that you make decisions on the ground in these kinds of areas. And don't, don't be guilty of the kind of emotional manipulation that says, well, if you love your neighbor, you got to do this when the Bible does not prescribe that as loving your neighbor. Yeah. On the materialistic thing, you know, I, I mentioned materialism and you mentioned living in a materialistic age, materialistic world. And what we mean by that is not that the cardinal problem is that people like material things. Like we like material things. We like coffee and we like coffee cups and those kinds of things. Uh, what, what we mean by materialism is that it's a worldview that says this is all that exists. Right. There is nothing else. And the problem when you think that way is you're not dealing with reality. Yeah. You're not dealing with spiritual things, which have have an, a massive uh, impact and effect on the physical things. So the virus and the vaccine, all of that stuff that is very real, that we love science, is actually impacted and affected by spiritual things. Yeah. And so you have to you have to care about both of them because God made both them, both the spiritual and um, physical mm-hmm. things as well. So when you're dealing with a group that has so focused on the physical the material to, and not at all the spiritual, what you're going to have is lopsided stuff downstream. You're going to have lopsided decisions and you have some good stuff because they're seeing a lot of things for what they really are. Mm. Uh, but when it comes to the ethics of it, love, uh, love your neighbor, they're going to be lopsided on those things. Yeah. And it's actually a worldview issue that's going on. Yeah. You know, related to this, we, I want to bring in the governmental dimension of this. So, you know, we've worked through, um, what David French has said and love your neighbor. And so you have even in the Christian community figuring out what genuine love is. But then the question is, you know, given all the complexity, given that the Christian community really shouldn't even be convinced that this is loving, what should we think about the idea of a government um, beginning to put in statute? Like here's laws, thou shalt be vaccinated. Yeah, well, it's a tough question because government does have the responsibility to do what or promote what is good. And um, being without disease or overcoming disease is certainly good. So that fits exactly into the categories I was talking about earlier. You know, you realize, okay, uh, reasonable men might see these things differently. And where the government begins to prescribe, though, it ought to be very, very cautious and very careful. I'm not prepared to say that if the government requires certain medical action that is overstepping its boundary, but that should not be done willy nilly. And what typically is happening and probably will happen with the COVID-19 uh, or COVID, yeah, COVID-19 vaccine is not so much the government will require you to do it. They'll just tell you, you can't go to public schools. You can't use public transport, you know, these types of things. And so you'll be boxed up and it won't look like that type of government uh, imposition. And we need to be, wise about that we need to be thoughtful about that and um yeah i mean it's going to be a it's going to be a question we're forced to address i'm pretty sure on this issue yeah i have major concerns about a government that begins to enforce um preventative measures like 
the vaccine, especially given all the complexities with it. I mean, the ethics that are involved um, in it. It's fascinating if you kind of create your own society in your mind. You think, here we are. Okay, let's let's elect our leaders, uh, leaders, civil magistrate, Romans 13. And God establishes them through this free will of the people. You know, what are their duties? They have the power of the sword. Um, one of the underlying principles is that government is primarily punitive, right? The sword, um, you know, not that there's not an active component. They are to promote the good. But it seems that idea, if not regulated by an emphasis on the sword, um, begins to turn into a nanny state, you know, where you are you are beginning to police people more and more, and you're beginning to encroach from that um, heavily punitive dimension of civil government to, um, you know, we want to keep you safe. We want to keep you safe. Yeah. So while there is a place for it, when it comes to the complexity of the ethics involved and actually injecting something into the human body to prevent them, if you have a black plague going on, if you have a significant sickness that is that is storming through, well, then that would open up more. Given right. what's going on with COVID, that's a highly suspicious idea to be floating out there. Yeah, but again, um, we have to. You know, we're, we're living in a world that basically is free from polio, uh, and it's because of the polio vaccine. It was because that vaccine was imposed by government edict in certain places in the nation, and even though it was fought up to the Supreme Court in one case I know of. Uh, Nevertheless, it, it was done, and here we are today, and we're not concerned that our kids are going to get polio. So we can see the benefits of it, and that's where I want to be cautious and say, no, this is the, not the government's purview at all. But it does raise that whole question of let's look honestly at what COVID-19 is doing. Let's yeah. look at the death rates. And, you know, that when, you, when you compare the charts, and I think the New York Times has a story today about – you know, why do we see such a lower death rate from COVID among Asian and African societies than we see in North American and European societies? And it's just, you know, they're scratching their heads over this. Well, I mean, I, I, we ought to look at it. We ought to try to investigate it. But when we do that, you know, m maybe what we ought to conclude is rather than in the most loving thing to do is get a vaccine, the most loving thing to do is for us to start living the way they live in India. You know, start living the way they do in other places where there's a, a very sm even a much smaller mortality rate than what we see in the United States. Yeah. And that's why to your point about the polio, you know, I would I would want to spend a little more time saying what was the when you say it, certainly the again, the medicinal part of it is great. The government enforcement part of it. I just look on that kind of thing with suspicion of saying, you know, what is the government's role in a given community and how bad must the disease be and what are the preventative measures that they're trying to take? Um, those are huge issues of public mm -hmm. theology that need to be worked out. And it's I think we're probably going to be facing that with the COVID I vaccine. Right. So there's going to be much work to do on that in general. You know, God made the spiritual world. He made the physical world and there is disease. And so as you think about vaccines, we can trust God. We can use means. We want to do that humbly. And we certainly don't want to lord it over other people and start to say, well, you know, we have enough here that we know this is what love implies. Yeah. Don't let anybody manipulate you on this. Uh, be wise. Be careful. Think principally from scripture. What has God required? What has God forbidden? And then what are you free to think through for yourself and try to take steps that would bring glory to God in that process. For some, that would be very clear to them that they should 
take the vaccine. For others, it might be clear that they should not take the vaccine or not take the vaccine at this time. And love ought to predominate in our relationships so that we're not standing in judgment on one another, whether you do submit to the vaccine or you do not submit to the vaccine. But, but bottom line, don't let anyone manipulate you by saying, oh, you must do this or you're not being loving. Amen.